Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Mariana Patia, the founder and CEO of Red Lab Marketing. Red Lab Marketing is a boutique digital marketing agency specializing in digital strategy, content marketing, and graphic design. And she's also the co-founder of the Urban Farming Initiative, which I'm sure she will tell us more about in this interview. So Mariana, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, we're excited to learn more about what you do. Tell us a little bit about Red Lab Marketing. Absolutely. So I started Red Lab Marketing in April of this year. And so I have spent about 10 years in nonprofit and education and made the switch to uh, marketing because I've really always enjoyed storytelling. And I think storytelling is a skill that kind of transcends industries. You know, you can use it to reach all sorts of people. And so made the switch to digital marketing and had been, you know, applying for jobs and then really honed in on working with uh, small businesses. And that's really kind of where I have my niche is working with small business owners across the country. Yeah, very cool. So what kind of made you take on the entrepreneurial dream? What made you say, hey, I want to start my own my own gig here and, and go out on my own? So I had joined a women's mastermind uh, for women entrepreneurs, and it was really all about starting and leveling up your business. And at the time, I had been applying for marketing roles in tech startups, um, and then COVID hit. And so you know, hiring really came to, to a, a grind or halt. And so that's really why I started Red Lab Marketing. And so, you know, it was a kind of really a sign from the universe that this was supposed to happen because within a week I had a full caseload of clients from friends that I've been working with in a freelance uh, role. They hired me on for more, for more time with them and got some word of mouth referrals from people. And so it was really, it really all came together really quickly. So, you know, sometimes people have stories about starting their business and it's, you know, something they've planned all along. Really, it was for me that I wasn't having any luck applying with these organizations. And so that's totally fine. I I found my path and started Red Lab Marketing. Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, even just like you said, starting and all of a sudden having a client load come on, (laughs) did you say within a week? I mean, that's not normal, but that's really exciting. Uh, So that's, that's great. What was that like starting so fast? You know, it was crazy. It was really honestly, like I said, just a sign that this was like what I was supposed to be doing. And it's been um, really fantastic. Obviously, like I've learned all sorts of things beyond marketing and, you know, how to manage different clients and different platforms and all the tools and the things that go into billing and the time, you know, all of those sort of like business things that you have to know, obviously, to be successful. I, I guess I would just say I've learned so much more than I ever anticipated. It's a, it's, it's been great. Yeah, for sure. So I know we were talking a little bit before the recording about Red Lab Marketing and what you specialize in, what makes you different. Tell us a little bit about that. I know especially the graphic design is one area that you're really skilled in and you enjoy doing. So tell us how you guys are different from other agencies. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I like to say I specialize in omni-channel storytelling and essentially really what that means is figuring out where your customers are and using your channels to, you know, the, the best of their ability. So figuring out are most of your uh, clients, are they on Facebook? Like how can we utilize your Facebook channel? How can we make that work with your email campaign? So really taking, um, you know, a broad view of all of your channels and then really figuring out what it is that works and then making them all kind of work together to get you really get your inbound marketing rolling. And yeah, you mentioned graphic design. So I think one thing that really, really sets Red Lab apart is the amount of design that we do for clients. So um, you're a small business owner. I'm sure you know how hard it is to not only publish content to your social media channels on a regular basis, but also to make that look really good. So um, we actually create social media templates for clients. So I'll put together, you know, two months worth of Instagram posts that they can drag and drop photos into or text or whatever they kind of want to really, um, you know, help make social media feeds pop. So we do a, a lot of different design for social media, for infographics, kind of all across the board and in terms of what clients need. But um, something that I really enjoy and get when clients are like, oh, yeah, people commented on that video you made or whatever. It's nice to know. It's nice to hear. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of the social media templates because like you said, as a business owner who is not a marketer by trade, you know, the kind of branding and having the the common theme woven through all the social media posts is so difficult. As far as I go is usually I'll try to keep the same font color or maybe font. But besides that, it's not easy to, to add more than that. So I love the idea of just having templates ready to go put your content in and it's on brand. It looks great. It looks professional. I think that's a really, really fun idea. So that's cool. That's really cool. I haven't heard of that before, but we talked before about the urban farming initiative and how that's another endeavor that you're kind of starting up from the ground here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the Urban Farming Initiative, also another endeavor that started during COVID. And so essentially... (laughs) Uh, my partner and I were kind of just, you know, perusing the news and being like, what on earth is going to happen to all of these mini malls and all these bankrupt properties? Because, you know, eat more and more each week you hear these news stories about the commercial bankruptcies. And so I think even this last week, two of the major players in the mall industry uh, both filed for bankruptcy. So there's just going to be this huge wave of, of commercial bankruptcies. And so trying to, you know, turn that into a positive thing. So we're really looking to take these properties and turn them into urban farms and so really become a powerhouse for people who are looking to start farms and and growing farming as a movement so what makes the urban farming initiative unique is that we have a vision for growing this into a movement so we don't just want this to be one-off farms and communities we really want to be a major player in growing momentum for change and helping others uh, launch farms in their backyards, in their communities, you know, with the ultimate vision of growing both indoor and outdoor farming on a massive scale within the United States. That's really, really interesting. What, how can individuals or small businesses learn more or support this initiative? Because I, I think it's an amazing idea repurposing space like this, but yeah, how, how can they help you or support you if, if they're interested? 
Yeah, absolutely. So Nate, I would be happy to have you share my uh, LinkedIn profile and you can follow me on LinkedIn and I share about Urban Farming Initiative there. Uh, we have a page on LinkedIn Urban Farming Initiative and our website is urbanfarminginitiative.org. And so we will have a newsletter be going out pretty soon. We're an early stage organization, so we're building out all of our marketing components, but we are going to have a newsletter coming out soon just for people who you know want to hear about what we're doing and want to become more involved. So I think at this point, that's probably the best way to get involved. Sure. I will be, will be sure to share that information and I will definitely sign up for that as well. That's, that sounds really fun. I'm excited to see where that goes. So going back to Red Lab, because it's very impressive to me, first of all, that you're juggling both those start, startups, both started during COVID. But anyways, going back to, to Red Lab, what do you like most about being an entrepreneur? I mean, we all start businesses for different reasons, whether that's flexibility, whether it's just wanting to be our own boss, you know, there's, there's many other reasons, but what's, what are some of the things you enjoy about that? And, and also what are some of the things that have been challenging as you've moved from the employee world to the entrepreneur world? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the thing that I like best is really being able to create my own schedule and really, you know, make my schedule work for me. And so I'm also very grateful to be, to be able to work from home and be able to manage, like you said, the work of two organizations. So that I think is top of mind for me. So I had actually prior to starting Red Lab been freelancing on the side and working at Starbucks, you know, they have great benefits. And so and they had actually sent all of the, in my area, um, the staff on like a six week pay leave right when COVID broke out. So that really actually gave me the opportunity to, to launch my business. But I really appreciate during COVID times, not having to, to go anywhere and like work, you know, work outside of the home. So that's one for thing, sure. you know, I'm super grateful for that. And lessons learned. Yeah, that's a good one. I would say go with your gut and have pretty firm boundaries. So I had a, a coach who talked about setting, writing out your ideal conditions for client satisfaction. So like, what does your ideal client look like? What are, who are they? What values do they have? Those kinds of things. And then, you know, deciding what are your like no goes for business? Like, is it that if a client doesn't pay within a certain number of days, you have a conversation or whatever those are, making sure that you have those boundaries and sticking to those. So I had signed on a client and it was immediately clear that it was just not a good fit, but you know, I was just building my business and, and, you know, any client you can take on is like, Oh yes, it's going to be money. We're going to make this work. And it just flamed out because she expected me to be on call, like pretty much 24 hours a day, 365, you know, like expecting me to respond to texts within minutes and it just created all sorts of issues. So that is my advice, you know, knowing what your boundaries are being firm on those and then really kind of having in your mind the types of people that you want to work with, I think will kind of eliminate any of those sort of issues on the front end. That's great advice and something that's really hard to follow, especially like you said, when you're starting the business and in the growth phase where you just know you need revenue, but not all revenue is, is created equal in the sense of not all clients are going to be worth you know, worth the revenue and worth the time if it's going to lead to a lot of headaches and complications. So that is really solid advice. So hard to follow. I face the same thing, still face the same thing sometimes, you know, when you're meeting with a potential client, but it's so good to be picky if at all possible. Last question here before we wrap up, as a business owner, you know, there's always new, new things we can be learning and, and growing in. How do you try to practice professional development and growth as a, as a business owner? 
I mentioned earlier in the call that um, I was part of a women's mastermind class. So I think, and that was, a, that was organized and led by a professional coach. So I really am a huge fan of professional coaches, someone who is going to help you not only identify your goals, but reach them and hold you accountable for reaching them. So professional coaches, and I, I really enjoyed my, my coach because she was not averse to like calling your BS and being like, mm, are, you, are you really like not reaching this goal because you can't or is it because you don't want to? So like finding someone who is going to be your ally, but also someone who's going to push you because there are times, you know, when you're running a business, I, it's kind of like an emotional roller coaster. There's times where it's like a super high high and there's times when it's just like, oh man. So yeah, just finding someone who's going to be in your corner. And I think that has been super instrumental for me. And then I really take any opportunity I can to network. So, you know, I think one of the perks of COVID is that a lot of events that were in person only are now online. So I've gotten involved with a West Coast networking group called the Bay Area Content Marketers. And they're just really, really lovely, supportive people, um, obviously based out of the Bay Area. But now that they've gone online, they have people internationally. So you never know who you might be meeting. And so I think it's just like a great opportunity to get involved. You never know who you're going to meet, you know, like opening up your winds of change and a possibility you're opening up your sales and you never know who you're going to meet and the the opportunities that like might come out of that so that i think is my best tip for growth yeah that's excellent business ownership really is a roller coaster i feel like i could have named this podcast that because that that is one of the most true statements that when you're a business owner it is you know one of the greatest experiences but also can be one of the most challenging experiences by far so that's really true i, I wanted to ask a follow-up question on the coaching i don't know if, if this is just me but there's a lot of coaches out there on linkedin and social media and other places who are you know obviously trying to sell their services and sell what they do and there's nothing wrong with that but how do you find quality coaches and maybe a better question is what qualities do you think business owners need to have in a coach or, or what should they look for because there's so many offering different types of services, but how do you find a coach do you think that's going to be effective? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely start with trying to find someone in your niche. So I worked with someone as a client who, you know, specializes and in, in works with certain industries. So, you know, if you have a certain industry that you're working in, there may be coaches who have come out of that industry, who have that background, who maybe help you to level up. So that's the first good place to start. But I also just think like checking out their social media feed and checking out their website. Like, so I um, found my coach and just everything that she read about her program just totally spoke to me and resonated with me. So if you go on their website and you see like their social media posts and you're like, wow, like I just really like how this person thinks. I really think they're funny or like I, you know, they have a sense of humor that I really appreciate. You know, I think that is a good place to start. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about like um, conditions for client satisfaction. Like you want to have a coach who, you know, you get along with obviously because they're going to be your cheerleaders and help you level up your business. So I know that's not super concrete, but I, that was kind of like the deciding factor for me was just, I really felt like her messaging spoke to me. Yeah, that's, no, that's really helpful. That's a good way to, to narrow it down. Well, Mariana, this has been great, really good content. And I'm going to make sure, like you said, that I put all the information both for Red Lab and the Urban Farming Initiative down below in the description of this podcast. So if you're listening, you can definitely go find Mariana on LinkedIn and you can learn more about both initiatives and and support them there. So Mariana, thanks again for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.